This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. Ross McElroy, the co-founder of Cars.coza, is extremely proud to have reached over 200,000 subscribers for the Cars.coza brand on its YouTube channel. Following this awesome achievement, the team has initiated a fantastic incentive just for lockdown. Cars.coza has dropped its first ever dedicated car series on YouTube so that all South Africans can watch it for free. Without paying for any streaming service and best of all, the channel is enabling monetization so that all the money made from YouTube from now until the end of the year will go into a worthwhile cause. We have Ross joining us today on the Good Things Guy podcast and I'm excited to speak to him about this initiative and everything else that they're doing during COVID-19. Ross, welcome to the Good Things Guy podcast. Oh, thanks, Brent. Uh, an absolute pleasure to, to be here and uh, yeah, big fan of the stuff you do and uh, spreading positivity is, I don't know, an underappreciated uh, commodity so, or resource. I'm, I'm very, very grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. That's very, very kind of you. I need to understand, right? So obviously, I'm a car fan. I've driven them since I could um, reach the pedals. How did the platform cars.co.za um, come about? How was it born? Yeah, so Cars.coza, I mean, it was initially Cars.co.za, but was rebranded to Cars.coza when we, funnily enough, went onto radio because it kind of held together nicely. We, we, we were born, um, you know, we had a difficult birth. There were a number of different stakeholders, but essentially what happened was a, a few friends from, from school kind of got together. We inherited the domain and, and, and a kind of platform of sorts, which wasn't really working. And, and we just kind of, uh, we were in graphic design, web development, search engine marketing, et cetera. And, and we kind of backed ourselves to make this platform work. And so we took it on board, reskinned it. And yeah, within six months, we'd cannibalized our, our other business and we were cars.coza. We were, we were flying. And I guess from there, it was history, really. Did you ever think it would be as big as it is now? If I look at the different aspects, and it was just a quick look that I, that I had before the interview, but your social media is massive. You've got, I think, a million downloads on your app. You've got the sentimental section, and then you've got the Cars Coza Awards as well. Like, there's just so much going on. Did you ever imagine that 10 years down the line, it would be what it is today? Candidly, no. Back in those days, uh, look, maybe we were a bit naive as well, but portals were not that big. Uh, we were struggling to figure out how you, you, you kind of monetize digital. We believed we could get somewhere. I mean, I remember in the first few discussions we had, we wanted to surf more and that we wanted to have sort of a, a passive income that would enable us to do that. And we had these lofty dreams of, of each getting about 5,000 Rand a month uh, without doing too much so that we could go surf. And we knew it would be a frugal life, but, but we could kind of do that. So I think the, the lofty expectations initially were, were to kind of keep three kids off the streets. Um, and yeah, now it's a, it's a big business which has 55 employees, look after the number of families, millions of, of, of South Africans that use our platform every month. So no, quite frankly, we didn't expect it to be this big. And um, yeah, it, it's still sometimes a little bit, well, it's always humbling, but it's still sometimes a bit shocking how big it is. Ross, I have to ask you because you mentioned these lofty ideas about owning a business and, and still managing to surf. Do you get time to surf? Owning a business is crazy. 
I go through patches. <laughs> I go through pa- at the moment. I can't surf. That is, uh, I still paddle in my pool at lunch at lunchtime. So I kind of mimic it as best I can. But I do go through patches. I mean, I live. I, I've moved my life, you know, between cities at different points. And uh, yeah, I do try and surf as much as I can. I think that's in the DNA of the business. I mean, especially for me and and my partners. When we started this, that was a, a kind of non-negotiable. And, and there have been times when we've had to sacrifice surfing and, and many other things um, to gain momentum in, in this business. I mean, when the chips are down, you just have no option in a, in a startup but to, to kind of, you know, really put everything you can into it. But there's been a lot of surfing. And, and for the most part, I would say uh, last year, I probably surfed more than, than I've ever surfed before. So, yeah, we... I've actually bought into a surf business now as well. So I'm, I'm compelled to surf. In fact, that's part of my mandate there. So I do surf more than probably uh, most, but less than I would like. That does make me happy. It's almost um, as if you can dream it, then you can do it, which is, you know, that's a good thing. And we're all about the good things. I must ask, business has changed for everybody during COVID-19. Are people still going to the website? Are they still buying cars right now? Short answer is is yes and no. So yes, the, the website is still is still very much operational. We reached out to our dealer partners very early on in the process and kind of understood what they needed and, and what the economy needed. And you know, the reality was they didn't need a pause, they needed to move metal. And so we we've kind of been very aggressive in keeping the website working. We've worked with our dealer partners and many of them have done it themselves um, of their own accord. So we don't want to take credit for that, but they've moved into a remote working environment whereby they can service uh, leads and they can get the cop buying process most of the way down the road uh, without taking ownership. So obviously they can't deliver the car and they can't sign the final the final papers. But, you know, buying a car is not often uh, a very short process. And so essentially they can warm that process all the way down. And, and many of our dealers are doing a phenomenal job in doing that. Our content is flying at this at this point. I mean, we, we do a lot of stuff on YouTube, social media, et cetera, as you've alluded to. And that's, I mean, we're getting record numbers coming out of those those channels. But I, th- I think essentially business is completely different for us insofar as we do a lot of hard work. We're getting a lot of ground in certain areas and, and we get kind of no money for it. So almost <laughs> it's a very strange time, but, but we're investing in the future and, and we're working with our dealer partners largely to ensure that, you know, the show goes on when lockdown is lifted and South Africa returns to some form of normalcy. Yeah, I think that's a huge focus for a lot of people. I see it on social media that a lot of businesses, a lot of South Africans are trying to figure out what this new normal is and they're all trying to work towards how we move forward after this. So it's great to hear that that's still um, moving forward. We speak about a shift to content. I know that your YouTube channel became the first branded channel in South Africa to reach 100,000 subscribers. That was back in 2018. You guys are now celebrating over 200,000 subscribers on the channel. That's mental numbers when you think of YouTube. Yeah, no, that is another segment of the business. And and I mean, early on, we believed that if we were looking at the, the core problem it is people want to buy cars, part of that journey is not just finding the car, it's, it's determining which car you want to buy. And so it was a natural gravitation and, and transition into delivering content because that's where we believed the, the value was um, and, and a precursor to the actual buying process. So when we moved into that, it felt normal, but it hadn't really been done very well before. And, and even globally, when we look, uh, not many of the big marketplaces have, have moved well into, into the content space. So it seemed maybe logical for naive kids that we were back then, but um, it really has worked for us. And so the content strategy, I mean, we're very lucky to have a phenomenal team. We work with some of the best guys in the industry in terms of producing content. Our presenter, uh, Chiro De Siena, is, is a wunderkind. He's, he really is 
such a good um, and one of, if not the best in South Africa, you know, excluding outside of the motor industry. And so we built that based on the fact that he's so relatable and, and approachable and likable and, and he's honest. He tells people what they want to and he entertains. So we put a lot into that YouTube channel because we believe that was a great differentiator to us. And we had a great team. I mean, the team editing as well as the guys doing the, the kind of uh, the research behind the scenes and our content in general. And our written content is also very strong. We just believed that there was going to be a gravitation towards video. And um, so we invested in our written content. We've got a great team of guys who, who provide a lot of valuable advice there. And then we do a quasi entertainment slash, um, I guess, consumer YouTube channel. And, you know, the response from South Africa, people love cars here. They, cars are a way of life. And, and, you know, to have a place where they can really... I guess, nurture that love and, and, and see it expressed so, so viscerally in, in that visual format is, has just been, a, I guess, a recipe for success. And, and so we're very, very grateful and humbled to have reached that milestone. We thank everyone for the support. I mean, we wouldn't get to where we are without South Africa. But um, yeah, we do bridge over into international markets with that as well. And that was one of the things that we wanted to do when we, we started getting a bit more established was to take South Africa to the world. Uh, and we're slowly doing that with some of our sentimental series and our shop, which now goes international. We make sales globally, celebrating South African car culture. Our YouTube channel goes global as well. And so we're starting to, to kind of play in that space a bit and, and, and kind of broaden our horizons there. Well, I've watched a couple of your videos, uh, Avid Follower, and, and I've watched episode one of the show. The content is so well made. It's, it's like it should be on TV. Why, why was YouTube um, the choice? I guess the, the answer to that is, is, is probably COVID-19 at this point for, for, the, for the show. Um, we were in talks with various TV stations. I mean, there's a lot of red tape around getting on there. Um, we were looking at various streaming services and trying to get things on. But one of the things that Cars.co's always enabled us from the very start was it enabled us to do things our way. We wanted to do the things that we believed in, not what sort of the industries and, and kind of maybe a bureaucratic nature of, of how things have always worked. And, and that's kind of like, you know, breaking the mold, being innovative. And, and so some of the, the opportunities that existed for us in pushing this content onto TV were a little bit hamstringing in terms of what we wanted to do. And uh, we believed so strongly in digital. And, and at the point that COVID hit and we were all put into lockdown, you know, we couldn't move forward with the TV series. And I mean, we've got a beautifully shot pilot. I mean, with a studio and with beautiful cars in the background. And, and we were going to sit on that for another extended period and, and one of the things that we've as a business adopted in this lockdown is not to assume that it was a three-week lockdown or a five-week lockdown the lockdown aside we believe that the way of life of the world and potentially south africa is going to change and hopefully in a good way we're going to see you know a lot of things that were incumbent in in society be, be challenged and a lot of assumptions be kind of validated or, or invalidated quickly and so the opportunity for us was let's move and let's continue with our lives and let's continue to invest in our business and our country now, as opposed to waiting for some imaginary ending line or finish line that things go back to normal. And so we decided to launch it. We didn't have all the, the bells and whistles on, on, on the first show, but we thought that it was strong enough in terms of content and that it was something that South Africa needed. And we wanted to, to let people know that, A, you can move forward in the space, you can be productive, and you can still connect with people. But most importantly, we wanted to just create something that makes people smile. It gives them, you know, 40 minutes of delight on a Thursday evening at eight o'clock. Sorry, that was a shameless punt. Um, but that, 
that enables them to switch off from maybe not the reality, but just to experience artistic and kind of just general content delights. And so, yeah, we, we pushed to move it quickly. It showed hopefully innovation from our part. It showed that things can be done. And I think it was very much in the spirit and the values and the DNA of what our business stands for. And so, yes, it could be on TV. We'll see where things go down the line. It could be on, on a Netflix or a streaming channel. We'll see how things go there. But right now, we thought it was important that it was out there, that people could see it. And so we thought making it accessible to South Africans now when they needed it was more important than waiting on, on trying to get it into the perfect place. I really, really loved the first episode. I thought it was super, super slick and really entertaining. Um, what has the reception been like from uh, your regular sort of viewers and uh, followers? overwhelmingly positive we're very blessed that we kind of have a great base of followers and these people are the guys uh, that have subscribed to our channel so they will be very critical and they do let us know when we make a mistake youtube uh, comments are not known for being particularly uplifting at the best of times um but we get really amazing feedback and, and we, a lot of the feedback has been this should be on tv this rivals top gear etc 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 which is phenomenally overwhelming and, and wonderful uh, to hear but we also feel that, you know, digital is going to become a stronger and stronger platform. And so, yes, TV is, is kind of a, a place where it could be. But I watched it on a television set um, and it was like it was on TV with no adverts. So, yeah, I think it could live on YouTube forever. It could evolve into something else. We'll see. But it has been received very positively and we're very grateful for that. Before we get into the COVID-19 efforts and the monetization of the YouTube and where that's going, I wanted to chat a little bit about your environmental focus. You're an environmental man. You care about it, uh, the environment and doing good for the environment. And your business before COVID-19 pandemic hit, your focus was to be better for the environment. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. One, one of the values and the core values in our business is ownership. You know, we look for people to take ownership of themselves, take ownership of the work they do, take ownership of their lives, their community, their country, their world. And when you're advocating that, and then suddenly you look at the fact that your business model is about putting cars on the road, which are potentially harming the environment in an extreme manner. And so there was a point midway through our, our business where that started to really weigh on us quite heavily. And, and there was, like, oh, you know, should we be putting cars on the roads and, and cars are necessary? And, and, and then we got to the point where, you know, cars are going to exist. I mean, obviously they are moving in a very nice way with the electric uh, revolution, but they're going to exist. They're going to be bought. And so what we can do is we can be responsible with how we put cars on the road. And that's what we can control. And so we started to move into the environmental efforts. We started working with uh, Food and Trees for Africa and Green Pop to plant trees to offset the carbon emissions. I mean, to date, we planted over 7,000 trees. And we worked with communities to try and uplift them and, and, and you know, kind of work through education processes with Food and Trees for Africa. And, and, and so we went down that road for a bit. Um, more recently, we, we started moving into, into solar and we've got a big solar installation in PE, which we worked with Fed Group on, on getting up. And obviously, we've got the recycling efforts in our own office. And we're in the process of putting our own office onto the solar uh, system. Essentially, we want to be a carbon neutral business. We do not want to be contributing negatively to the world. And we want to also be an, a business that inspires other businesses and, and individuals to kind of help to take care of this planet that we have, that we're all invested in and that we all have to take ownership of. And so... Yeah, we, we work to, to be the change that we would like to see from, from other people. And we don't have it completely figured out. We're, we're, we're still exploring that. And every day we try and be a little bit better at, at what we do. But um, yeah, it's definitely something we, we are passionate about. And we welcome 
any other ideas that are out there as to how we can be better at this. We've started to promote EVs. We've got electric charging stations at our, at our office. And, and, you know, we, we want to walk this path and, and potentially, I guess, contribute in our small way towards a world that is a lot more sustainable and, and better for everybody. I feel like this whole conversation, I've picked up that whatever you guys are doing, you're ahead of the curve. Whether it, it was when you started the website 10 years ago or your environmental efforts a year ago, um, right now there's a lot of people globally that are sitting in their houses thinking about how can we be better to this earth? And you guys are, are, are there. With regards to COVID-19 and the YouTube channel, I saw that, um, and I mentioned it at the beginning, that, that you guys are going to be giving away the monetization that the YouTube channel makes to various causes uh, that will be chosen at a, at a different time. But you guys have already dipped deep into your pockets and given back. Can we chat a little bit about that? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it comes straight back to that word I used earlier, ownership. You know, if we take ownership of our, of our communities and, and the problems and, and when COVID-19 hit, you know, firstly, we took ownership of the fact that our dealer partners were going to go through a tough space. So, so we, we went to the drawing board, we looked at what we could do, and we discounted our rates by 50% over that period to try and alleviate some of the pressure in, in our immediate community of businesses. We then looked at, at people that were going to be largely impacted by this. And uh, I mean, I personally went down a road of trying to figure out a, a plan for, for creating a mask type of business and figuring out how that could work and how we could potentially get through it. And there was this weird feeling of, of restlessness and uneasiness within our business because we were all at home. We were trying to be productive, but there was obviously something going on outside of our four walls. And we wanted to help, but we didn't know how to help. And so we spent a, a fair amount of time, a better part of a, a week to, to 10 days, really trying to get a grip of it. And eventually there was a moment where we realized we can be a great enabler. We can do what we can do to enable the people that have the tools and the experience, the expertise and the pipelines to actually do what is needed. And so we donated some money to the Solidarity Fund. We donated money to Food Forward South Africa and we donated money to Shout for Masks. And, and the reason for doing those three things was to enable government to execute the necessary elements that they need to in order to, to, to help this country to get through we wanted to take and help the vulnerable who didn't have food to ensure that they did and that they were suffering at this point. And obviously, then you've got the medical workers on the front line who are equipped and who have the necessary education to do the things that, that we just can't do. But if we can help them in a small way by making sure that they've got the masks and the necessary protective gear to do what they can do, then, then we felt like we were helping. And that really helped us as a business to really get back to focusing on what we need to do, which is to keep the economy turning and to keep our dealers in business and, and to keep South Africa entertained. Those are skills we have. And so we, we try to essentially just put resources where they needed to be. And with the YouTube channel, um, you know, for a long, long time, once we had done this, we kind of done our donations, but we felt we wanted to continue to, to serve and we wanted to give ourselves a great goal. And so we aligned our efforts around the YouTube channel by saying we've never switched on advertising. It does not align with our principle because we are working to create a bond with our YouTube user. And now someone else comes and, and kind of jumps in, in, in front of that. But in a time when it's very difficult to get ad revenue and when a time is very difficult to get revenue at all, we can switch that revenue on and potentially dilute a little bit of our relationship with our user for a great cause. And then for the rest of this year, whatever money we generate through that channel will be donated to a charitable cause, i.e. the Solidarity Fund, or if COVID-19 does pass in the next couple of weeks and or months, as we all hope it will, we will continue to help the country in the wake of it and, and to continue to donate to causes that we think are valuable. And that really for us was a great opportunity to give back, but also to give our team purpose, because it's sometimes really, really debilitating to be in your house and to realize that there are other people on the front line. 
And now we, as a team, felt that we were by proxy uh, on the front line as well, because everything we did on a daily basis was hopefully going to help the country and the cause. And, and that gave us that, that feeling of ownership. Like we were taking the problems on ourselves and we were contributing. And so that was very powerful and very necessary for us. This is exactly why Good Things Guy and this podcast exists, is to showcase how you can make a difference and people that are making a difference in the country because it inspires others to get involved. And that's really what I'm about, is about that um, active citizenship. I'm going to embed the episode one of the show onto the bio of this podcast, but I also need to put you on the spot and ask, when are we getting episode two? Ah, so this is a very controversial question. And in the spirit of being nimble, episode two, which was scheduled to go out Thursday at eight o'clock, has been postponed by a day because we didn't feel that we had a strong enough episode to go head to head with President Cyril Ramaphosa's speech um, <laughs> at this critical juncture. So we will be releasing it on Friday, the 24th of April at eight o'clock. Uh, but episode three will be back on, on Thursday at 8 o'clock the following week. So we've committed to, to doing this, this show as is customary in traditional television. Thursday, 8 o'clock, we will drop an episode every week. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Whenever the new episodes come out, I'll continue to embed them onto um, this article so that people can pick them up and, and keep watching them. Thank you so much for giving me your time today and joining me on the show. It has been really inspirational speaking to you. And I hope that some of my listeners might just get to kick up their bum to do something good and also to not give up on business. I think during this time, we need to evolve and just do good things. Thank you very much for, for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you, Brenton. And, and hopefully, yeah, we, we're going to continue to try and find a, a great path to walk. And hopefully this can inspire us to do even bigger things as well. So thank you for your time. Um, it is always great to, as I say, um, I love to celebrate positive things. And yeah, I love what you do. So thank you so much for having me. And yeah, have a great day further. Wishing you guys only good things. I'm Brendan Q, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy, and you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate, or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM, or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things.